Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, family? Jared the Boss Man here. You're tuned into the Boss Man Show on AM 1010, AM 1430, 1055 The King. Get the King out at 1055thekeen.com and the Show at Hit me up on Instagram, The Boss Man Show, Twitter, at Boss Man Show, and Facebook, Boss Man Show. It's The Boss Man on your radio. Listen to The Boss Man Show with your host, JR, Saturdays at 9 a.m. right here on AM 1010, The King. What's up, good people? Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. The latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball boxing, golf, and more. Better Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online when the game starts. Show at Quinn and Pierre Bobcats head coach Tom Facor with me on the Boss Man Show out of the Mac Conference. Coach, how you doing, man? I see you in the background in your office, man. Looking good over there, man. I see you. Yeah, well, we're we're comfortable here. It's uh, you know, obviously I had been here for six years working as the associate head coach. And when Coach Dunleavy moved on to become an administrator down at Villanova, it was a seamless transition for us. Uh kept the entire staff here. So uh, we kind of, you know, hit the ground running. It wasn't a big transition in that regard. So, so far, so good. It's been great. Now, Coach, I'm asking this man of just a back with some background. I'll just tell you, my dad's a coach too, Coach Picor. He's 84 years old, man. So he all talks about how he wanted to impact young men and be in their lives, be in their weddings, be in there, help with their businesses. And I saw Father's Day, how those, how those young men he plays for him, Hit him up. Happy for thank you for what you did for me. So for you, coach, like, what was your why to get into coaching, and where did you want to get into this business of coaching? Well, you know, I started out as a as a school teacher. My first job uh, out of college, I was teaching health and phys ed in New York City. I was a sub at first in Brooklyn, then I got a job back on Long Island. I had gone to Adelphi University out there, and uh, my college roommate at Adelphi uh, had played in high school for Bob McKillop, the coach at Davidson. When he was a coach on Long Island, Bob, like myself, both originally from Queens, New York. So we hit it off and, and I was blessed, man. I, my first job, I was a freshman basketball coach at Long Island Lutheran High School. And Bob McKillop was the varsity coach and a nationally ranked high school program. And I, and I was with him for three years and I learned a ton. Uh, and I was with one of the premier coaches in the country. Even at that time, he was a high school coach. He hadn't left to go to Davidson yet. Uh, after that, I was able, while I was still 
teaching school full-time, but another part-time job. And I was an assistant basketball coach at a junior college nearby. Crazy story is that I was, uh, the school district I was teaching in, I interviewed for the JV job. And uh, if I got the JV job there, I figured, hey, man, I could sit here. When the varsity coach moves on, I could be the varsity coach, live a good life, school teacher on Long Island, uh, which was the country to me coming from Queens. It was beautiful out there. And, uh, and I didn't get the job. So they gave the job to some other cat, and, and uh, a week later, I got a call to be a junior college assistant at Nassau Community College, and I went there, worked for two years for a wonderful coach named Stu Klein, who actually played at the same high school as me in Queens, Martin Van Buren, and and uh, then I got a head division uh, division uh, junior college job. It's now a Division three school, SUNY Farmingdale, and I was 28, and I was a head coach, and I made a ton of mistakes. And I learned with 100 people in the gym. And, you know, there's times now over the years I've watched like some some uh, new head coaches that hadn't had that experience yet. And they come from major programs. And, and then you're watching them trying to coach a game on national television or in front of 10,000 people. And, and it's a tough place to cut your teeth. You know, I was lucky for three years I could make mistakes and figure things out as a young coach uh, and, uh, and, and really work on my craft. And I think that's something that doesn't happen quite as often. You don't see as many guys now come up through the ranks of Division Three, Division Two, up into the Division One level. So it's it's like being in minor league baseball, man. You make your mistakes, you get better at what you do, you know. And uh, I got a chance after that to go to UNLV and work for Coach Massimino. Roly left Vegas, uh, Villanova to go to Vegas. Jay Wright and I had been buddies since uh, after college. We worked some camps together. And uh, and Coach Mass ended up being like a second father to me, but he took a chance on a young guy and, and and really was a huge mentor for me. So another great coach that I got a chance to work for after working with Bob McKillop and then working for Coach Mass and Jay and I are working together. And then obviously Jay goes on and goes wins two national championships. So uh, it's the people you're around and, and what you learn, you know. Uh, Jay and I went back together to Hofstra. We were both kids uh, in our early 30s. And, uh, you know, we were, we were grinding and trying to win, and, and, and we were concerned about how that process was going. And then in year three, we recruited a little guy. And the first time I saw him play, he was about five foot seven, 155 pounds when he was a sophomore in high school. But his name was Speedy Claxton. And he came in and, uh, and as everyone knows, led us to multiple America East championships. And he went on and got drafted in the first round by the Sixers. And he changed the whole dynamic for, for everyone. Jay moved on to Villanova. I became the head coach at Hofstra for 10 years. And then from there on to Fordham. And then here at Quinnipiac. So this is when you're supposed to say, man, you don't look that old. But, you know, I'm serious. Yeah, you know. Right. And, and I remember I Speedy from being an Atlanta Hawks player. because you know, I, yeah. I also come with the Hawks too. So I remember being a Hawk player for a little while, man. So it's funny you say that, man, because I, I just love basketball. Like I said, I remember using the Hawks and it for them because you know, I'm a basketball junkie. So I, I remember you being there. So it's like, yeah. man, it's, it's really cool to have you on the show because I've rocked you for years, actually. Oh, thanks, man. But, but, you know, the thing about at Hofstra, our Speedy's last year, we built a new arena, the house that Speedy built, and I'm so damn proud of him. He and I are still very close. We talk all the time, and now he is the head coach at Hofstra, obviously, and he's doing a wonderful job. So, uh, you know, this is exciting for me. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, at the, I'm on the, my final run here, you know, uh, making that, that, that the clubhouse turn in coaching. I got another five or eight years in me, I think, before I might want to shut this down, but 
you know, coaching gets you on the inside, but I'm young at heart, man. Uh, and I have high energy and I'm very lucky here to have a great staff. This, this campus and this university of Quinnipiac really is a, uh, an impressive place. I mean, the location is great. We're right side, outside of New Haven, Connecticut, uh, right near Yale. And actually in the summer, our guys and the Yale guys get to play pickup together on occasion. Uh, you know, the campus is, is off the charts. We've got a big time facility. And what I find funny is there's a state park right next to us called Sleeping Giant State Park. And I said, boy, isn't that appropriate? Because I, I yes, think this, uh, <laughs> this is a sleeping giant. And I think it's a place where we might be able to have a little bit of success and, and, and put a little run together. 100%. Coach, I'm going to tell you, man, I, I love coming to Queens. I go to every year to the U.S. Open. Oh, all right. Well, you let me know. We'll go dying. I got a couple spots. Yes, yes. Now, every year I come to the U.S. Open before before everything is going with basketball and the Hawks. So the Hawks start September 25th. So I'm going to get the U.S. Open in right before that. So I always go to the U.S. Open, man. I love tennis. You know, that was my fourth sport, Coach. My dad had me play basketball, <laughs> football, baseball, and tennis. So that's my fourth sport. And my dad just was constant on me, Coach, every day. I was doing some kind of sports activity. My mom hated it. She's like, you're ruining him. <laughs> But I think it's you know what he was doing? Well. He's keeping you busy. That's what he was doing. He was keeping you yes. busy. I, yeah. I said, Mom, this my dad's play, master plan worked. They give me the NFL or the NBA, but I've been on the radio for 15 years. Yeah. with sports, Mom. It's, it gets you your nice bags you like. No, you know what, too? I, and, and it doesn't matter what level you play. The whole idea of what, some activity. I mean, we, I have a father of three children. Our oldest girl wasn't an athlete, but she was a dancer. Our second girl, a bit of an athlete, uh, small in stature, so she stopped playing after high school. My son played a little bit. But it just gives you the structure and the discipline. Any outside activity that young people can do, and it doesn't have to be sports, but obviously you and I are biased to it, you know. Uh, but it, it just it gives you a dream. It, it, it gives you something to motivate uh, yourself for. And I continue to preach that even to our guys on this level uh, you know, it doesn't matter you're 18 to 22 or 23 years old. I mean, you still got to have dreams. Hell, I'm 65 and I still have dreams about what the, what I'm going to do, what this team's going to be able to accomplish this year, what my children can do, what my family can do. So, I mean, that's a big part of life. And, and, and I think that as a young person, you can really motivate people through any act, outside activity. But the one I'm best at was always being involved in some kind of sport, you know, and when it didn't matter where you were playing it. You were in your yard or at the schoolyard alone late at night shooting around when I was a kid. And I wasn't in I wasn't in PS33 schoolyard. I was in Madison Square Garden, you know, and I was making that game-winning shot. And and I remember it like it was yesterday, being the only guy there trying to work out on your game. And and uh, and the same thing. I remember my my little girls dancing in their rooms, and you know they were they were in Carnegie Hall. They were in uh, you know they were they were on stage somewhere performing. So. Uh, Whatever motivates you and gives you great passion for life, I'm all in on it, and I, and I try to pass that along to the not only the players but the young coaches that I'm working with here. I got a great young staff, uh, all in their 20s and 30s, and and it's important for them to understand we're in this business for a reason. You got to have like you do for your passion for radio. Well, I'm the same way here in, in coaching, and if you don't have passion for what you're doing, then what the heck are you doing, man? You know, it's too hard a job. You're gonna work 60, 70 hour weeks. You better be doing something you love. You know. And what's beautiful, Coach, is my dad's 84 years old. He gets out there still, throws the football with me and, I, and my three, and my three sons, eight, four, and two. So he gets to, get to see his grandchildren following the same footsteps as he did for me. And 
I uh-huh. love being out there with, with my kids and with my my dad out there still acting 84 years old, man, still throwing the football. He's out there coaching my kids up, telling them how to do something. Priceless, right? <laughs> yes. uh, that is priceless stuff, man. And I mean, you know, and I think you don't appreciate that until as you move on in years. And like, I can only imagine how good your dad feels about that and what a smile that puts on his face, you know? Yes, he always brags about it, Coach. Having these, these are these are it's my, uh, uh, my lineage right here. My son and my three grandsons. I just love it. Yeah. It just makes him so proud to see that he has me and I. He has three grandsons. He can actually see while he's still living and actually engaged with them. That's he really right. loves that. I'm sure he's very proud of your success too. And that's like as a father, I feel that way. I just became a grandfather for the first time. Our oldest girl had a little girl, and it's just a whole different feeling, man. It brings you back, and once again, it gives you that that passion and that. That love of life, you know? It makes me work harder, Coach. I'm going to tell you, Coach, I started off this radio thing, graveyard shift, 2 and 6 oh, in the yeah. morning. Me, <laughs> the deer, and the truckers, man. That's what I see. There you go. It's a come where I came from, from those late nights to now, man. It's, I'm blessed, Coach. I tell you what, the Lord blessed me and, and hard work and driving. I appreciate my mom and dad for they put in me to work so hard to get to where I am because coach nobody helped me get to where I'm at. I'll be honest with you. I had to break down these doors myself. I'll be honest yeah, with you no, about it, that. That's what it takes. You know, one of the things coach Massimino said to me, I was teaching school and coaching junior college and I was 30 years old. And I think my salary back then was like $55,000 a year. I was, uh, this is early nineties now. Right. And uh, I left to go be an assistant uh, I was the director of basketball operations for Coach Mass. I got $18,000. That was my salary. But wow. he said to me, he said, when you're young, you get paid in experience. If you're good, when you get old, you'll get paid in paper. And he was right. Uh, he was very true. I had to take that step back and, in order to take the steps forward that I was able to do in this profession. And, uh, he, you know, once again, like I said, I was so close with him and he was like a second father to me. And, and, and the great thing I learned from Coach Massimino as well, with all of us, myself and Jay, and, uh, he was just so willing to teach us every aspect of the coaching business. And I've always tried to do that with all my assistants at Hofstra, uh, at Farmingdale, at Hofstra, and, and at Fordham, uh, every aspect of the business. He didn't just say, hey, you're an assistant, go recruit, go get me players. You know, he taught you about every aspect of ball, you know, that he was he, uh, felt was important. Uh, the business aspect of coaching. Uh, you know, for everything from team travel to off-season programs. So he wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't afraid to share. And, uh, and, and he was a great educator. And that's always been my goal. Even though I'm no longer a school teacher, I still feel like it's our responsibility as coaches on any level. And God knows some of the greatest coaches I've ever, ever been around have been junior high, high school, junior college, division three coaches, you know, flat out great coaches. doesn't matter your level. You're still teaching kids and, and 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 staff, you know, and it's part of your responsibility. No doubt, coach. I feel similar with my interns. I get six interns every year from Clarks, Morehouse, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Mercer, and Kennesaw every year. So I try to teach, show them radio as best I can, so they can go on and do do do, do use their use my what I give them the knowledge to build your own show. You yes. go and do it Jr.'s way, but you can still do it. And do it well because it's one way wanting to do stuff. So I feel the same way with my insurance coach every semester who I bring in here to help me with this show and run it. That I teach them for into those young people so they can go on and be great be media members after leaving this show for the semester they where they work here. Right. And and take, you know, learn from you and then learn from the next person you work from. You know, like I said, all of the different coaches I worked for, you just take you take a little bit from each 
and that and then you do it your way and that's the big thing you can't go into this any business and just think i'm going to replicate exactly what this person did you got to have your own personality you got to have your own confidence in yourself but you take a little bit from all of the great ones you work with and coach let me ask you this man about recruiting up there in the northeast man you have a lot of talent up there man they can't go to like St. John, Seton Hall, or one of the bigger schools up there, man. So, how was it with this transfer portal NIL? You can get high school guys you probably used to could not get because of their eyes are not trained on those guys now the way they used to be. They want the known commodity rather than a high school guy you have to develop, develop and get them better. So, to that point, yeah. Well, you know, I, personally, I think the whole system is broken, and and the reason I feel that way is uh, I just think in two or three years the graduation rates are going to be very low. Because I know as a as a, a guy who went to junior college and then went to a four-year school, dealing with so many transfers and, and young men who are leaving without that year to catch up and get ahead academically, I have great concerns about guys being able to get through programs in four years. And and that's that's our primary goal here is to get young men and women educated in college athletics. So uh, it, it concerns me. Um, I, I understand the concept of freedom of movement, but I also believe as, as a, a grown men and women in this profession, it's a, it's a different mindset when you're leaving and you're paying a mortgage and three tuitions and taking care yeah. of a family. And God knows the bad decisions I made at 18 or 19 years old, not, you know, in all walks of life. But I just think that uh, these young men moving and then the, with the NIL, just making decisions driven on money and not, I mean, I, I'm speaking to young guys, uh, and 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 they're asking about NIL. Rarely am I say, getting anything about. Well, tell me about your business school. You know, no one's saying, "Tell me about your business." Tell me about your school of communications. I'm not getting that as much as I used to. I mean, so often now, it's all about. All right, you know, it's all the superficial things, and it's not the meat. And the meat is. What kind of education am I going to get? Am I going to go to the best educational school or am I going to go to school that's paying me the most in NIL? And I think that's sad because we're educators and this is higher education. This is not, you know, uh, this is not a uh, an auction. It's not something where where I'm just going to decide, oh, I'm going, you know, to the to the job that's paying me the most. That's not going to make you happy. You and I both know that. We followed our hearts and our passion in our careers. So, I just have great concerns about the future of college athletics. And, Coach, I was the first one in my family to go to college and get a, get a degree. One for sports, I wouldn't have gotten a degree. I'm the first one in my family to get a degree in business. And going exactly. to Tennessee State, Coach, being living in Atlanta, Tennessee State has a radius of 250. So my house is 247. Yeah. I got the state rate by three miles. How about that? So we're 2,500 a semester for 12-plus hours. So yeah. the scholarship I had, I had extra money in my pocket because I got the in-state rate about three miles. <laughs> that's that's a great story. And look, and look, it is. I mean, I I just think people have lost sight of what this is all about, man. This is still about educating young men. It doesn't matter if you're at the highest level and, you, and, you're, and you're playing in the premier conferences in the country or you're at the lowest level. You still have to be pushing this concept of getting your degree. It's, it's an opportunity. Uh, similar to yourself. I mean, uh, you know, I was the first one with a degree in my family and still the only one. And uh, I'm very proud of it. But I, I just think that the educational piece is getting pushed to the side and it's just becoming, it's pro athletics. Uh, you know, if, if you're just thinking about get, getting paid. And I also worry about the level of motivation for some of these young guys once they have, uh, you know, uh, they, they have more than they've ever had in their life. 
And do they settle and say, well, this is pretty good. I can, I can handle this. Or does it motivate them more? I, I don't know. It concerns me. Uh, you know, I pull up in a Subaru and one of the kids I'm coaching pulls up in a BMW. That's the world we live in right now. Okay. Because he was in a big school and he transferred down and he got some great NIL money and he's living good and I'm happy for him, but it, 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 it it's, it's a different dynamic and I, and it, and it really concerns me long-term. Yes, indeed, Coach. It concerns me as well, Coach, because I feel like these guys don't truly understand about the education piece because for me, like, getting at my degree, Coach, my professor taught me about real estate. Now, once I get through covering being in the media, I can go get a real estate license. Tell me about right. becoming a notary. She taught me about finances from going to school, going to class. So I feel like with my professor to Tennessee State trying to ask you, they actually molded me and helped me become a better man. So now I have options after I get through covering the NBA, have my radio show. If I ever I retire, I was going to get out of this business. Right. I have options because if I went to school and took it seriously about getting my degree. Now I have, I have NBA as well. So I, I I use my opportunity and I cash it in. And now I'm, and I'm now I'm such a young man. I'm an example of what you can do if you use it the right way. Right. You set the table, right? You know it better than me because when I get done coaching, all I can do is caddy or bartend. But, but I, I'm, I'm good at both, but we'll see. You never know how it all plays out, right? No doubt, coaches. This is what's wonderful, man. Man, actually, man, man, your conference, the MAC, is, man, it's a tough league, man. Like, I watch some of you guys' games on ESPN Plus, man, and I'm just messing around on my iPad, man. So, talk about the coaching in your league, man, how that Northeast basketball is tough, and I wish. They could go out and get more run and people see how great ball is up there, man. It's very fun to watch. Yeah, no, the Mac has got a great tradition. It's always been a, a wonderful conference. I watched games there since I was in high school. And the perennial power over the years has been Iona. Uh, and obviously great coaches have come through there. Start with Jimmy Valvano was the coach there when I was in high school. And then Pat Kennedy and a slew of other guys. Timmy Clouse came through and had a great run. And obviously Rick uh, Patino just uh, being there for the last few years. Uh, Sienna dominated the conference for a while, uh, you know, when they were up there in the early days with Mike Dean and then later on with Fran McCaffrey, who's out at Iowa now. So there's been different things. Two years ago, the St. Peter's run uh, was tremendous. You know, Shaheen Holloway did a wonderful job and got them to the Sweet 16. But it's a very competitive conference from top to bottom. When you look at scores in the MAC conference, it doesn't matter if the number one team is playing the team at the bottom of the conference that year. It's going to be a single-digit game at the end because guys can coach it up. Uh, players are tough, physical. Uh, years ago, it was, it was predominantly Northeastern kids, but now, you know, the world's become a smaller place, and a lot of the teams are bringing guys in from all over, as we have. But uh, I, I think it's a real good league. The intensity of it is a basketball-driven conference, and that's important. So each uh, basketball program is the premier sport, you know, on the majority of the campuses. So uh, it, it's a great conference to coach in. The travel isn't brutal. Uh, you know, when you're young, you think it's good, you know, that traveling so much fun, so much fun. I like getting in my own bed after a game and, and I don't mind being in a bus for three or four hours to get back to campus and, and then have a great practice the next day. So uh, it, it's a real good conference. We just have a new commissioner coming into the conference. There's been some change in coaching positions that are going to be exciting as well. Uh, but one of the issues as we go back to the whole transfer portal is with all of your mid-major conferences, sometimes you feel like it's AAA baseball. And if you have young guys that are performing at a high level, the big boys are going to come in and swoop them in and, and kind of pull them from us. So that's something as a conference we have to work on making it better 
and making it uh, a place where young players want to stay longer and they understand they can have great success by staying and, uh, you know, and putting up numbers as compared to going somewhere. You're an all-conference player here, and now you're going to go to a higher level, as we talked about earlier, just for a few bucks, and, uh, and all of a sudden you're the eighth man on a team. I don't know. You know, that's, uh, that's not for the, the most competitive players that I know. 100% coach. Coach, I'm going to ask this, man. For you all having to get balked and schedule games, how rough is that, man, that non-conference schedule kind of put together, knowing you've got to get, get balked some games, like people play you at home, and, and knowing how people lie and scheduling. <laughs> they, 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 lie, they, they lie more than they do lie recruiting. But I feel like that's probably your toughest part is to schedule these, these games non-conference-wise, probably. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I remember Jim Valvano had a great quote. He said, you know, uh, you want to be successful in college basketball, the most important thing is recruiting. The second most important thing is scheduling and coaching's third. But if you, uh, if you get really good players and you schedule the right way, you're going to have some success. Uh, and, and the whole buy game concept varies, you know, from conferences to conference and within conferences from school to schools. I mean, I have friends throughout the business on various levels and at some places, guys got to get bought four or five times in non-conference. And, you know, the money that's being brought in is, is underwriting not just basketball, but other programs at the university. And one of the challenges with that is keeping your team and players motivated when you, you're on the road in a scenario where it's really tough to win. And uh, not only are you, you know, you're playing against a higher level team, you got officials from their league doing the game. So you're not getting a great whistle. I've been, I've been tied on the road with a minute to go in some games and, you know, uh, I, do, I was doing it long enough to realize unless we go on some, a couple crazy things happen, it's going to be a tough one to win. Uh, but it, it's challenging here. We, we have great resources. So it's, it's not a scenario we have to get bought, you know, three, four times a year. Generally we'll, we'll, we'll go out and play one game. And I also like the concept of being in a big time environment because it, it, it replicates what our conference tournament will be like and what it'll be like if we are lucky enough to have enough success to go to the postseason and play. And I, and, and I think you can use that as a point of reference throughout the year when we're going into a great tough environment in conference, a packed house. We can say, hey, remember we played so well at Florida or we played so well at St. John's or Seton Hall or in Madison Square Garden where we were able to play quite a bit when I was at Fordham uh, and, and at Hofstra. So uh, I think those are, they become point of reference games. And I also think they can help as a motivator and you can lock your – or team it. Now, if you take it to the extreme, and once again, you're playing four or five, six games to keep your program up and running and keep the athletic department running, it makes it a much greater challenge. Yeah, I can, I can speak to that at Tennessee State. We had to do that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, and, some and, places and you I, do, yeah. And I remember playing at Vanderbilt, like you said, it was a close game, and <laughs> SEC reps took over. <laughs> Well, listen, at Vanderbilt, the good thing is as a player, you can make believe you don't hear the coach. They used to have those benches on the baseline, remember? Yes. So if you were between the hash marks, the coach was yelling. You could, you know, he wasn't on the sideline screaming at you. Yes. But, yeah, but uh, Memorial Gym was very unique to play. Very unique to play Memorial Gym, for sure. But I, but I tell you, Coach, I tell you, the, the SEC refs took over, man. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they know where the payday is. God bless them. They're human. Yes, yes, indeed. So, yeah, I mean, so you said that, Coach. Say, yes, I know all too well about. Hey, something can happen if it's too close. To, if it's too close, they, 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 they can make it. They can make it work, 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 work for their for their team. Yeah, yeah. This guy used to say it's got to be a three possession game with a minute to go. You got to be up three possessions to have a shot. You better make your free throws. 
Yes, you got that right, Coach. But, Coach, I'll tell you what, man. It's been fun to catch up with you. It's been fun to talk to you. Like I said, I've been fan of yours for years. Uh, my dad was happy that I was happy on the show. My dad knew who he wore, too. So, like, so I'll tell you, man, it's good to have you on the show, man. It's fun to catch up with you. Catch up with you. But I hope to do this again real soon, man. Pleasure. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And if there's anything we can do for you up this way, you just holler. Will do, Coach. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. What's up, good people? Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. The latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online when the game starts. What's up, family? Jared the Boss Man here. You're tuned into the Boss Man Show on AM 1010, AM 1430, 1055 The King. Get the King out at 105thekeen.com and the Boss Man Show at bossmanshow.com. Hit me up on Instagram, The Boss Man Show, Twitter, at Boss Man Show, and Facebook, Boss Man Show. It's The Boss Man on your radio. Listen to The Boss Man Show with your host, JR, Saturdays at 9 a.m. right here on AM 1010, The King. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.